1: Thank you for joining me. I've got a very special guest called Cole Mahe. I think I got that right? Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, so we're having some fun about the name with there because I've got a friend that's called Mahe. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really, really you know, glad he's coming today. Um, cole has been a superintendent and um, he's done some high even murder cases. Yeah. So he's been involved in some high um, pressure situations. And I wanted to get him in today just to discuss about the mindset and what he's doing now and helping businesses and uh, progressing leaders as well, which which I find fascinating. It aligns with my goals, and uh, yeah, really really happy to, to have you here. Thank you so much. It's been a it's a re- real honour. And we're both from Derby, so uh, we're representing Derby in the UK. If you don't know where that is, the worldwide listeners putting on the map. So just tell us what you're doing now, and um, then we can go into you know go a bit deep in your story and. Uh,
0: Thanks very much for having me on the show by the way Jay. Um, I guess where I am right now uh, comes from where I used to be. So I had 20 years of leadership experience in the UK police service. I've uh, been at the cutting edge of all the leadership challenges that any leader would have uh, but specialised within the policing context. You know I've been in charge of Uh, major critical incidents, uh, fast-moving life-and-death situations, investigated murders, you know, been in charge of murder investigations, been in the middle of riots and large-scale public disorder. So situations where, you know, you can be really tested as a leader, but it's about understanding this leadership style, that flexibility of leadership style that you need to adopt throughout any situation that ensures you are delivering the very best as a leader. I learned a lot of lessons as a leader over those 20 years and now what I do is help other leaders uh, to feel much more fulfilled because you know we were talking just before the show and we resonate so much and it's so beautiful to talk to somebody who gets it. But leadership or having a successful business is not just about the money that comes in or the status that you hold or the success that you experience. If you're not experiencing that same level of success inside yourself, I know so many leaders, including myself, who felt very lonely, very successful outwardly, but feeling very lonely in, internally. Your spirituality is not where it needs to be, your, your, your time with the family. And even despite the level of success that you're at, you still have that imposter syndrome thinking, I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to get found out at some point in time. And all these leaders experience all of that, because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And I, I think you get this, that most leaders... Don't want to talk to other leaders about this kind of stuff because there's such a level of competition, and you don't want to be perceived as being a weak person. Yeah. And leadership is perceived as being very strong. And what people don't understand and most people don't understand is there is a real power and vulnerability of being human. And actually, being human makes you an even better leader than what you are right now.
1: Yeah, and that's so true. You know, I was talking off air about the situation I had when I was quite young, um, did quite well, but really wasn't really happy. And, he would, and at the time, the business was the most successful it had been. And we hear a lot about these billionaires and millionaires not very happy. So I totally get where you're coming from. And yeah, it needs to be out there a bit more.
0: You yeah, know? I think if you, look at, uh, if you look at so many celebrities out there who are going through tough times, you know, and yet we look at them as celebrities and think, wow, what a great life they've got. What we don't understand is, as human beings, they're suffering in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and you can look at uh, CEOs of huge, multi-conglomerate country, uh, companies and think, well, they've got it really easy. No, they've got increased pressure that goes with that. And as, as, as people, they need a level of support as well. So any human being, I think, on this planet uh, needs uh, some... They need a safe person and a safe place that they can offload to and to help them with their to reorganize and restructure their thinking so they can feel much more fulfilled going forward for me because I had 20 years of leadership I know exactly what what it feels like I work with leaders because I understand that uh, they are so misunderstood in so many ways and people have such high expectations of them and they put high expectations and pressure on themselves as well
1: yeah and it's true and with the business mentoring you know it's not talked about the conversations i have 70 percent is about problems they've got outside the business so it's a you know um and and you're right the mental side of it and i find myself when i'm mentoring is just helping them get over that problem or issue that's outside the business so it's really powerful
0: i think you're so right i think you know Automatically, you could think like coaching and mentoring when you're coaching and mentoring a leader, you're going to be helping them with the technical aspects, but it's not about that. I would say, as far as 80%, you know, the whole Pareto principle 80 20 rule, I would say 80% of everything that we do in life is about your mindset, and 20% is about how you do it. So, getting the mindset right, making yourself feel more fulfilled, making yourself having much more confidence in yourself. Having the confidence to say exactly what you want to say, whereas, you know, as leaders, we're so careful about what we say, particularly in this modern world, for some reason, we, we constrain ourselves and we don't allow the true personality co- to come out. But there is some real truth and there's some scientific research being done that the more real you are, the better you are. The more real you are, the more intuitive decisions you, you're, you can then make and the more powerful decisions they are. If you just make decisions, and you know, in the police service, we used to have a national decision-making model. So whenever we made a decision, I was making decisions all the time, we followed a process, a very structured process, which is great in itself as a process, but where's the realness in all of that? Where's your take on it? And within there, they've introduced, right at the hub of this uh, process, values. And values is where you come into it. So and so many pre- leaders, I think, need to start practising that so that they feel more fulfilled. They feel like, yeah, do you know what? I am making a difference to my company, to this organisation, to society. Yeah. And it's me. It's not just a process that I'm
1: following. That's great. So, look, you're doing a lot at the moment. We'll come back to this. Just wanted, for my listeners, a bit about your background. Just tell us how it all started and, you know, goes... Um, I mean, far back as you want to, so the listeners can get a feel from where you've come and how you've built this and what you're doing now.
0: It's understanding the, it's, it's interesting that you ask me this question because I've literally just come back from a primary school. So for those of you in UK, outside of UK, the primary school is the kids up to 11 years old before they go on to high school. And uh, I got asked to go into this uh, primary school to talk about goals and dreams and careers. And it's interesting because when I studied in in the classroom, I said to kids, I said, you know what, when I was exactly your age is when I had my dream. That's when my dream started settling within my mindset. And my dream was to be a police officer. And I wanted to be a police officer because being a police officer for me meant certain things. It meant safety, security, commitment, uh, peacekeeping. It meant all of those things. So I thought that was such a powerful role to play in society. And I used to walk down to the bottom of our street, I used to live in a city called Wolverhampton in the UK. I used to walk to the bottom of our our street and sit on this little brick wall every Saturday. Because I lived just around the corner from a football stadium. And you'd have thousands of people walking towards a football stadium, but it wasn't the people I was looking at. I was looking at these huge police officers and that uniform that they wore and what it stood for, for me. You know, And since then, that dream, I just kept feeding that dream. I was saying to the kids this morning, when you have a dream, it's a bit like having a pet. The more you feed it the right things, and you nurture it, and you look after it, the stronger it gets. If you don't feed your dream, if you don't feed your pet, it dies. So when you have a dream, you've got to keep feeding it. I kept feeding mine, and you know what? By the age of 15 and a half, when I could join, I sent off to, to 43 forces. I sent off applications to every single force I could think of. I had 26 rejections, but my dream was so strong that I could not give up. And on the 27th time, I got accepted. And that's how I ended up in this city.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for that, for all the work you guys do. I think it's, you know, people don't look at the amount of work you guys put in. It's, yeah. you know, we see it from the other side, do you know what I mean?
0: I think i you know, we still have one of the best policing services in the, in the world, you know, and I'm proud to have been a police officer. And the interesting thing is, you know, I love working with any organization to help them change their culture yeah. so that people feel more open to be the people that they need to be. So creating empowered cultures. And the yeah. irony is I'm now working with four police forces in the UK doing exactly that. I'm working with police leaders, Uh, I've actually worked with the Ukraine Police Service. I'm going to India on a speaking tour in India later on this year, doing some work with the Indian Police Service as well as other people. And if I can change all these organisations around the world, then I think that uh, I can then impact on that leadership that feels lonely, stressed uh, and less fulfilled. I can help them feel all of the positives of that.
1: Great. So look, from primary school, you had this dream. And by the way, I can remember my own Talk as a guy called PC Pablo, mm, and uh, very you, good friend of mine. Yeah, oh, very good friend of I, mine. I still remember the talk he did, and we, we loved it. I don't know if they still do the talks now in the schools, but that was a, a great connection. So, look, so you had this dream, so how did that then you've, you've applied for the, for the job? You got the job in Derby, which is great because my home city. So, just tell me, you know, your rise from, from doing stuff there and the experiences going on from Well,
0: there. Uh, you know, the one thing I would say is I've come back to this whole your dream needs to be really, really strong. You know, you need to be, Les Brown would say, you need to be really hungry. Yeah. And you need to be hungry for that dream because until you are that level of hungry, can only then can you build resilience in. Because there's one guarantee that we can give in life. You're going to have challenging days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have yeah. bad experiences. But if your dream's not strong, you might give up with the first, second, third hurdle. I didn't give up for 26 times and on the 27th time I got in. When I joined the police service back in the early 80s, It wasn't the police service that it is today. There was, um, you know, racism. There was sexism. There was homophobia. There was all of these things because that was indicative of the era that I joined in. But every time I experienced that, if my dream had not been strong, I could have just given up. There were so many times in my career I could have just put my hands up and thought, I've had enough. But no, I kept going and I kept going. And then I realised at one point, about seven years in, do you know what? The only way I'm going to change this is by becoming a leader yeah. and so I then I embarked on my leadership journey and then for the next 20, 22 years I was a leader within the UK Police Service and as I got further and further up it meant that I could influence more and more people with these new values, and new yeah. ways of thinking and you know I, I was probably the most moved superintendent from department to department in, in my force uh, but what I did when I went into every single department was try to create this whole new culture that they weren't used to and it worked it proved itself because performance went up, grievances went down, staff turnover went down. So I know it works. And my appeal to any organisation is, if you really want your organisation to excel in a marked but sustainable way, you need to change your culture, and you need to, ch- to change your culture. You need to change your style of leadership, yeah. which is what I I pretty much did.
1: And and them core values. What, what, can you share some of them with us? Like, what did you kind of change? Like, was it? more open more honest or was anything that you can put your finger on to
0: yeah there's a there's a number of things non-negotiables that i always practiced for example i would mark out an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon whichever department i was in i'd mark those out and what i used to do then is um, whether i had 10 people working for me or 500 people working for me i, I would take that time to walk about I used to call it management by walkabout. Yeah. I, this is where I go out and I connect with my front line. I talk to people, human being to human being, yeah. because only then do you realise the true depth and wealth of experience and expertise that you've got within your staff. While ever they might be performing some perfunctory task there, Actually, they've got a degree in communications or they've got aspirations to be this or they've got, they've got a child who's sick with this illness and they're looking after that child or you know they're going through a divorce or they've got somebody in their family who's got cancer or something like You don't get that kind of stuff by just sitting in your office. So learn to talk to people. You know, really connect with people. The more you connect with people, the more they respect you as a leader. So when that next big change comes along, they get you. Yeah. They understand where you're coming from. And that was one of the biggest things I learned. And it's not a complicated thing, but it's, it's about connection. The other great thing is about, for me, and I teach this to, uh, to so many others now, is emotional intelligence. Developing emotional intelligence. There's two types of leadership, fundamentally. There's dissonance and there's resonance. Dissonance means to, to lead in such a way that you're creating a gap between you and the people that are, you're leading. Whereas resonance is about building and bridging the gap between those that you are leading and so that you have this connectivity between the two. And for me, resonance is the most powerful kind of leadership. And my greatest learning in the police service is, do you know what? At the end of the day, irrespective of where you sit in any organization, you're still a leader. Because my definition of leadership, if you Google the leadership right yeah. now, you get 1.5 billion results. There are... I think in Derby University, there's something like 40 thousand books on leadership wow. and yet if you Google leadership for a definition, the Oxford English Dictionary will say something like a person who leads others. So even they can't describe it without using the word lead, right? Yes. So I created my own definition and my definition is the moment you are responsible, for, the moment you are influencing the outcomes for people or situations, you're a leader. Yes. So now if you think about it, you're a parent, you're a leader. You own a company, you're a leader, you know. You could be the most influential friend in your group, you're a leader. So we are all, at some point in time, demonstrating leadership. So isn't it useful for everybody in life to understand what leadership really is and start developing leadership skills?
1: Yeah, definitely. And we spoke with Robin Sharma and he's got a book out, um, yeah, the Leader book. It was, um, I think some Leadership yeah, Book. You didn't, you didn't that That's the one, yeah. So I listened to that and you're right because... What he talks about in that book is an example, an audio book is great by the way, is yeah, even if you're a cleaner, yeah. be the best cleaner. Absolutely. And I know coming off leadership a little bit, but it's like be the best at your job. Yeah. You know, anything you do, be the best. Well, here's
0: the thing, you know. Le- uh, cleaners, we mentioned cleaners. I would say to anyone, make friends with your cleaners. Yeah. So if you want to get anywhere in your organization, we automatically think, I need to make friends with the CEO, I need to make friends with the deputy head of this, I, I need to make friends with this director. No, you don't. Because they don't really have that level of control or influence or, 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 or even outlook on your career. They're busy doing their jobs. Right. We've talked about how stressed out leaders are. But if you talk to the admin lady, if you talk to the cleaner, there is a wealth of information. They will know the people that came before you. They will know how things tick. They will know who gets on with who. They'll know how processes work. I got so much information every department I went into. I used to go in there really early, so the cleaners would be in like six o'clock in the morning. I'd sit and have a cup of tea with the cleaners because I learned so much from the cleaners. Uh, If I had to, whenever I wanted a new piece of uniform or I wanted some more stationery or I wanted some, one of my uh, uh, software wasn't working or I wanted a new mobile phone, I wouldn't uh, send an email. I'd go down to the department, the relevant department, and talk to people. And do you know what? I used to get it straight away. Yeah. Whereas others would wait two or three weeks. Yeah. So just building human relationships are so incredibly important.
1: It's right. And the cleaners, in our recruitment industry, which is a very tough industry, we used to, I used to encourage my sales staff is to make friends with the receptionist. She's, you know, she's a gatekeeper. And most people, used to, I, some people I used to recruit, they'd be not very nice to receptionists or put me through... I'd build relationships, I'd remember their birthdays, I'd make sure when i go there we'd give them chocolates, Christmas we'd look after them, because they were our singing our praises and they were just below the managing director. And people forget that, you're right. And, and the cleaners are another great example.
0: PAs, PAs is another one. Don't make friends with your CEO, make friends with your CEO's PA. Because like you say, they're, they're, the, they're the gatekeepers and they will look after you. And if they remember you, the CEO will remember you.
1: Yeah, and I've been talking to quite a few established guests that were trying to get on the podcast just by reaching out to them. And I get through to them because they see the profile and all that stuff. But the first thing they do is put, put us through to the PA. Or can you contact this lady or that guy kind of thing. So you don't, you don't even have to reach these guys that you've been trying. To, you can go through the PA. Absolutely. Make uh, friends with
0: the PAs. And, you know, I've t- proved this time and time again when I've tried to get into a business to get to, to talk to the right person. Make friends with a PA first. It always works. Always works.
1: And just be pleasant to everybody, you know. Whether that that cleaner could be just doing it because she wants to get out, but she could be the wife of the biggest CEO. You yeah, know?
0: you just don't know. I have a very, very simple philosophy, and it comes down to my spirituality. But I say that... Every single person that you ever connect with in life, you were meant to connect with. Yeah. And whether that, is, that connection is for a, a five seconds or whether that connection is for five years, if you make that connection the best possible experience for both of you, you're going to get something out of it. That's something true. will work for yeah. your favor, you know, or you will have it'll work for them. So you just have to come from this place of totally giving yeah. and having quality conversations wherever you go.
1: Yeah, and don't get, don't get frustrated. Now, don't try your best to fall out with someone because what, what will happen is I've been so many times where I've, I've met someone a bit later on in life and I was so grateful that I didn't fall out with them even though situations get hard and I'm thinking I can shake his hand or I can talk to him and he got nothing to hide because what in this day of social media or anything you fall out with someone over something silly and, and you don't be nice to them that can bite you so hard Oh goodness, on. isn't that
0: so true? And you know Don't you find that with social media it's so easy to fall out with people, Uh, and that's so strange because social media was always about connecting people, but actually I think perhaps we're too connected sometimes, you know, and uh, and we've lost the art of communication. We've lost the art of building genuine relationships. You know, I have like I don't know four or five thousand people on my Facebook. I don't know four or five thousand people. You know, Uh, there's a handful of those people who who have really truly ever got to speak to me, or I've spoken to them. So, are we just connected people? Have we really got friends in our lives anymore? Or are these just acquaintances?
1: Yeah, and that's why mentoring and the work that you're doing is so valuable. Because a one-to-one connection, we've lost that in society, but it's the most powerful. You know, you get so much by going to your events. I went to um, Grant Cardone's event. I, I, I go to quite a few events. The feeling and power you get from that is a hundred times better than a Facebook Live. Yes, hundred percent,
0: hundred percent. I mean, you know, people come to my events now and, you know, I launched my event, Ignite You know, in a Potential, yeah. in January 2017 with just 70 people. Yeah. But my dream was this is going to be a big event yeah. and it's going to be my home city yeah. and it's going to be about love, it's going to be about giving back, it's going to be about inspiring people and motivating people to take action on their life. Yeah. But the, the sad thing is that people come to those events, they get inspired and energized for a day, maybe for two or three days, but if they don't put that action in, they'll never transform their life. Life is only ever transformed when you start taking physical action. And that action has to be in alignment with your mindset. So you get your mindset in the right place, which is what the event will do for you, but then your action, if it matches your mindset, there's nothing really that can stop you. And you know this because you've been
1: through this. Yeah, of course. Look, I I did a bit of an exercise, and I've got a podcast that's come out previous to this one about your Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. Now, people talk to me about growing the Facebook page on my Instagram. You know, I've got 100,000 followers. And I said, well, you know, not everybody can do that. It took me time to do that. But I did an exercise, I think it was um, eight, nine months ago. I looked at my Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. And what I actually did was, I'm thinking, we consume the mobile phone more than anything. So I thought, right, in my feeds, I want positivity. I don't want a negativity, and that could be friends, family, and what I did. I removed 85% of them people. Now my friends and family that I didn't have on that, I still got on my mobile phone, so I can contact them. But I wanted my feed to represent me and my mindset. I I love that.
0: I love that because you know I I say this is about being ruthless, you know, uh, about your the, the inner circle as I yeah. call it. So Jim Rohn has, uh, who I think is a godfather of personal development. But Jim Rohn had this beautiful quote that I live by day to day. And he says, you become the average of the five people whose company you keep most. So I say to people, who do you speak to on a regular basis? What are you exposed to? When you open your mobile phone up, who are you exposed to? And the level of ruthlessness has to be that even if it's family, even if it's your most loved and dear ones, if they're negative, Do you really want to be exposing yourself to that on a daily basis? You can still contact them, you can still talk to them, but do they need to be on your Facebook? Do they need to be up front and centre? Do you need to be looking at the stuff that they're writing? No, you don't. None of us do. Because if we have real relationships, we can talk to them when we feel that bit bit stronger. Because sometimes you have to get yourself to a place where you're strong to have to cope with somebody who you know is going to be negative, don't you? You have to steal yourself. But if you if you talk to that person and you're you're less prepared, automatically what happens is that they suck the energy out of you, yeah. like the dementors on Harry Potter. Right. You know when the dementors walk into a room, yeah. it it always describes Harry Potter as getting cold and weak and well that's what happens to us as human beings with this energy that we have. Is being sucked out of us. You know, one of my favourite books is called uh, *Celestine Prophecy*. I don't know if you've ever read it. No, not. Oh, you've got to read it. It's yeah. an amazing book. But basically, it's a sort of a mindset stroke uh, spiritual book. But it's it's all uh, this fictional story. But in the story, it talks about how around every single plant, everything that's nature created, every single human being, animal, everything, there's this energy field. And when we interact with each other our energies are interacting as well. So if it's good energy, if you're having a great conversation, like we're having a great conversation, what we're doing, we're expanding each other's energy, we're making each other stronger. But if I were to come in here really negative, really dark, really dismal, what I'm doing is my energy is low, so I'm pulling on your energy, so I'm actually taking your energy away from you. So, you know, we've all been in that situation where you've had a conversation with someone, an interaction, they walk away and you say, that's tied me out, you know? And it's that, I'm convinced of it, so,
1: you know... You're right, and that that does happen, and that's why I think it's important to mirror your social, Facebook, as well as your outer, meeting people. Just try and get the, the synergy there, because I don't care what anyone says, words hurt. Because our body has a system where if you get negativity, it gets tense, it's ready to protect you. It's a natural thing, it's a human thing. So the more positivity you get the stronger you become. Yeah,
0: I think you're right, Jay. You know, there's so many people in life that say, uh, well, I'm a, tough, I'm a tough guy, I'm a tough girl, uh, and, and you know, uh, my, thi- my skin is so thick and all this yeah. kind of stuff. But the truth of it is, we're all human and to a greater or lesser extent, we are all um, affected by the people that come into our lives, the conversations that we have, the experiences that we have in life, they all affect us either subliminally or more visually or more overtly, they, they all affect us at some level. Now, if it's subliminal, if you, are, if you have got tough skin yeah. and, you, and you can sort of hold it back, I'll guarantee if you don't release that, at some point in time, somewhere in the future, when you're least expecting it, it's going to explode. It'll be like Pandora's box. Yeah. And that's my greatest concern for leaders. My greatest concern for leaders is this, that for, you know, for me, it was 20 years. For some people, it might just be five years. For some people, it might be 30 years. They bottle up all of these concerns that they've got, this, the, these worries, these, this, like, this, this like two o'clock in the morning, sudden wake up thought thinking, oh my God, did I do that? Is that going well? Is that project doing well? Is my business going in the right direction? Did I make the right decisions? All of this is building up on a daily basis, and at some point in time, no matter how tough you are, there's a good chance it's going to open up and Pandora's box will explode. That's right.
1: And you see that a lot generally people bottle things up and especially with, with males we don't let it out there enough and you've just got to tell people you know, you know tell people.
0: that is such a powerful point about males yeah. so I went and uh, I was a, a, a speaker for uh, men you know men's suicide male suicide yeah, is yeah. on the increase mm-hmm. uh, so I was asked to speak uh, about mental awareness for men and one of the greatest things, or greatest challenges, I think, for men is that we, we are still being conditioned by yeah. this concept of what a man is. Yeah. Big men don't cry, boys don't cry, you know, that kind of, a man is supposed to be strong, a man is supposed to hold his uh, emotions, a man is supposed to do this, man is, it's all rubbish. Yeah. A man is supposed to not do any one of those things, you know, we're not the cavemen anymore, and even cavemen show emotions more freely than we do. Yeah. I think real men, can cry. Real men can be vulnerable. Real men should be all of those things and they should express their thoughts. Don't bottle up stuff inside you and and start being the real you. Be much more authentic, be more, much more open. It'll make you a better and stronger person.
1: Yeah. And we can all take lessons and with social media, the problem is what you're consuming is people have got this perfect life. Yes. And that makes you feel like, you know, you're so far behind. But listen, that's far from the truth. I've met people who I've thought they're social gurus, yeah? And I've met with them, and they're so soft, and they're so quiet, they sit in the room, I'm thinking, wow, I built you up to be this kind of like, God, if that makes sense, you know? And so, whatever you see on social media, don't take it as gospel, you know? know, Yeah, we do, don't we? We do. You know,
0: social media is just a window into somebody's life, and it's the perception that they want you to see, so, would I want you to see me as being weak and you know, and, and vulnerable and crying or, or whatever else? Of course, I wouldn't want you to. Yeah. Uh, I have spent the last 20 years of my life, for last 14 in particular, stripping off as many masks as I can. You know, one of the last things that we do when we leave the house is we look in the mirror to, to make sure we're wearing the right mask. Am I wearing the right mask? for this meeting? Am I wearing the right mask to go to work? Am I wearing the right mask to meet my lover or whatever it yeah. might be? Am I? Will I be perceived as I want to be perceived? Yeah. And those are all the masks that we start creating. We create lay, layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. The true uh, strength, however, is when you get rid of all of those. Yeah. You can be the same person on social media as you are on the stage, as you are on a one-to-one. And I think for me, it's the most freeing thing to ever do in your life. I literally can be that person now, but it's taken me 14 years yeah. uh, to recondition myself. But society is the thing that conditions you to wear these masks, that's right. you know, uh, and it's not done from a bad place either, you know, your parents, your teachers, they only tell you what they tell you because that's what they were told. Yeah. Nobody actually in this world knows any difference. Right. and. The thing is most of us are living in this matrix, we think that we're living life in accordance with our own choices, but the truth of it is most of us are living life in accordance with some computer program, i.e. society, that is dictating the way that we live our lives. So if you want to wake up, then you find yourself. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Find yourself and live life according to your terms.
1: And that's what I like about your work. And I wanted to get you on. You're doing that because you're right. We're conditioned, yeah. We're influenced by parents. We're influenced by teachers. We're influenced by social media. Look, it's hard for us as individuals. And you know, you're doing some great work because you've got to get yourself out of that zone and find yourself.
0: Hundred percent. And you know, we were talking earlier on, and you know, there are so many coaches out there. There are so many speakers out there. And I, I don't even want to be seen as yet another coach. I don't want to be seen as yet another speaker. I want to be seen as me, Kulmahe. The real, authentic person that you see in front of you. And it's my message that comes from my heart that is important for me. My genuine passion that comes comes out. Yeah. So the more you do that, the more you stand your, stand yourself away from the rest of the noise, the noisy crowd. You can stand alone. And when you stand alone, people notice you. Yeah. Uh, and that's it for me. And I think, you know this is where you and I resonate because it's yeah. the values. The values are the internal compass that guide you. Yeah. you know? So your brain might tell you to do A, B, C and D and it's the right thing to do. But if your internal compass isn't pointing in the right direction saying you get this uncomfortable feeling and saying oh, I know it's the right thing to do but it doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. So your values and your knowledge need to be aligned. Right. So I always say values come first for me. Yeah. If the values are there I now connect with like-minded people but only work with like-valued people. If the values are there, the knowledge comes of its own accord.
1: It does, you know? And and generally the values of good, you know, good, successful people are the same. Exactly. uh,
0: I was having this conversation the other day with somebody and um, I said, you know what? We're having a go at people left, right and centre here. But do you think successful people find the time to do that? No, they don't. Successful people in life spend time thinking about what they want to do to move their business, their career, their, their family, their, whatever it is forward. They haven't got the time or the wherewithal, where, wherewithal or the yeah. inclination to talk about other people, to, to you know ha- have a go at other people, to criticise. They don't do that. No, no. They come from a different place yeah. and it's all values. Their values are, do you know what, I just want to remain honest, uh, full of integrity. I want to give value wherever I go. Uh, I want to do the right thing. I want to be a good human being. That's what successful people will generally be thinking. Yeah. And then the business is something completely else. They're uh, completely yeah. different.
1: And it's so true. And I was at uh, the event only a few weeks ago. And these celebrities that we think do nothing—they raised 1.5 million for cancer research to help children in Derby or around the, you know around the world save lives. And their values are the same even though they they have fun playing and football and singing but their values are to help people you know and and there's more of there's more out of ten people nine values are great the problem is we focus on the one individual whose values are aligned and everyone and the media gives so much attention to them but listen, go out there and talk to 10 people. Nine will be so pleasant. You'll uh, always get one that's not. But that's... I'm
0: convinced, you know, in this world that we live in, that 99% of people are beautiful people. Yeah. You know, and I don't care about colour, caste, creed, religion, language, or any of those. 99% of the people in the world all want the same thing. They want to be happy. Yeah. They want other people to be happy. They want peace and tranquility wherever they go. They're not bothered about politics, they don't really concern themselves with war. And all that. They don't want poverty in the world. 99% of people in the world are very, very beautiful people. Now the sad thing is that we only ever hear about the, the 1% of people in the world. And they have, we have extremists in every single religion, in every single country, yeah. in every single culture, but they make the most noise. The majority of people are the silent majority, yeah. and the media will not. Get, they will not make any money by focusing on the silent majority because, do you know what? Peace, love, sincerity is not exciting. No. It's just beautiful. It's not exciting. Yeah. It's not going to sell papers. It's not going to sell news. Right. But what will sell news is all the bad stuff that's going on yeah. from that 1%, the noise, yeah. the, 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 uh, the, the rhetoric, the, the actions that they take. That's what's going to capture people's attention and that's what's going on.
1: Yeah.
0: So um, that's why I don't watch the news. Because um, you flick the news on, you're never going to get. Well, it's very rare that you get really good news on there. Very rare. It's always about some disaster or another going on somewhere.
1: Yeah. I read this, uh, well, I think I was listening to something, and they said if you put all the politicians and, and the religious leaders on a boat, send them away, the world would be so more peaceful. Wouldn't it? <laughs> I, that, it's, it's so, so true, true, isn't it? So true. It's so true. Because religion was always a tool to, to make us better. And the problem is people take certain aspects of religion, twist it, yeah. and it's all about taking people the wrong, the wrong way because they want control. That's what it comes down to. They're not letting individuals live yeah. I was body.
0: talking yesterday to a very devout Muslim and, yeah. we, and, and we were having a conversation about business and then the conversation tripped into spirituality. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I said, my, my issue with religion is this, that it started from a very beautiful place. Every single religion yeah. started with very, very beautiful intentions. And the reason why we created a bit of rules and regulations around religion is to describe what a good person, good human being would be like. And if you live, live this kind of a life, you'll, you'll be a good person. But what we then done is, because we are humans, we ended up creating more frameworks. And because we're humans, we're imperfect, we then started creating this power, powerful hierarchy within religions. So people started benefiting from, from, from religions, you know. So, while every, every single religion is good, Across yeah. the planet, yeah. you know, it, at its very core, it says just the right thing, and most religions are so similar. What happens around all of that, the, the circumference of religions, the actions that we take, and the, the rules and regulations, that's all about power and control. Yeah, And so is politics. Po- politics is all about power and control. It's all about it, because yeah?
1: they, they go for the majority of people. Even though the policies may be wrong, they'll go for the majority, because it's all about winning winning getting in power so we could probably spend a whole 24 hours on we religion politics couldn't. and stuff like that but we want to focus on yourself Cole. so look you've had this great career i know you can't go into detail about cases and what you've seen because of the confidentiality, but you've seen so much. And you've still come out, the other. your, your mindset's still strong. Most people have been through all that, the kind of, the minds, you know what I mean? So a lot of the stuff you do is probably because of yourself going through that process. Yeah, you know, I, I had
0: to do an awful lot of work on me. I went through lots of transformations on myself. I, 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 I've investigated murders. I've literally lost count of how many dead bodies I've seen. I've actually lost count of how many post-mortems I've been at. Uh, when I was investigating a suspicious death, or or whatever. Um, Now when you've been to that lower place, I've had people dying in my arms, and stuff like that. When you've been to that place, uh, in your mind and your heart, and you look around you, and then you see these people who are really affected, the families who have been affected by this devastating event in their life, but you see within them this inner strength, and they go on to do extraordinary things. That is what makes me realise that within every single one of us there's this magic. And that magic, I call it potential. Most of us don't switch it on. It's a bit like a radio. A radio is always capable of playing beautiful music, but it'll only play beautiful music if you switch it on. So most of us don't switch it on. And I just, I'm on a mission really, uh, particularly for leaders, to flick the switch. Flick the switch and realise that inner magic that you've got. If you want to fulfil life, if you wanna feel less lonely, if you want to um, feel confident in what you do, but also that confidence exudes out to the people that you love around you so they also have a better life, then, then do this work. Yeah. Come and see me, come and work with me, because that's what it's all about. You need to just switch on that magic that you've got. We've yeah. all got it.
1: Yeah. And business mentoring, similar to yourself, in business you have that, I know you, you, know, you don't have deaths in business, thank God, uh, but you can die inside. Yeah, you can die inside. Like when I had the recession, you know, when everything goes yeah. downhill, you lose money, you lose a client. It feels a bit like death yeah. because you've you've built yourself up to be this great business person and business leader, and you feel like the whole everyone's on your back basically. And if you fall, it's like, oh, I told you you should have done that. You have that pressure, and that really, really feels really, really heavy on your back. And you know, I had to do some spirituality stuff just to get my mindset right and uh, so your work kind of relates to what i'm doing and uh, I, I like i like the way you help people ignite it turn the switch and tell them there's, there's a better opportunity out there you, you know? know what jay
0: the thing is in, in this noisy world in which we exist um there's not enough people talking about the the inner spirit uh, whether you believe in god or not we have an inner spirit yeah. uh, within us you know you can c- go from a Look at it from a scientific angle or from a spiritual angle, it matters not. But we have an inner spirit, we have an inner power. And I just think the sad, sad thing is that uh, most of us don't even know that we've got it. Yeah. And secondly, those that know that they've got it won't take the action to ignite it, yeah. to actually bring it to life. Yeah. Uh, but only that third category of people that recognise it and take the action to ignite it, only that category then truly understand it and realize its immense power and they then go on to become like the masters of it so that's the four categories of people you know for me so first you don't know second you know but you're not going to do anything about it because it's hard work as you know this work is not easy and i never kid people by saying it's easy it's hard work but once you do it and you start seeing the benefits and you think wow then you carry on doing it and you transform your life and the third person the fourth person is the person that says right I want to take this out to other people, and they become the master of it. Yeah, you know, they're the ones that then teach other people how to do it.
1: And this is no secret knowledge, you know. You look at every Richard Branson, any any top leader, you're just the same as them. And I've met some billionaires, and they're just normal people, but they've done them four things that you've mentioned. And where people fall down, they could probably fall in any of them steps, but not doing the hard work, or not waking up to the spirituality, or not really giving it a chance. But it's out there for everybody. And your programs, which I'm a big fan of, help people do that. Because, look, sometimes we can talk about this. You need some support, by the way. You know, sometimes the mentoring and what you do is there to support you on your journey because you need that lift. And, and then you can help other people. And that's how. And you, grow- you know what?
0: The other thing I've learned uh, I mean, I'm, I'm no expert in business. I've only been doing this for three years. Yeah. You know, I, I was a police officer for so long. And so I'm learning so much. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I have learned is. You need to... It's so important to find people who resonate with you because they're the ones who are going to help you on your journey. You can't do everything yourself. Don't expect to do everything yourself. And any leader should really understand this. You don't need to do everything yourself. You know, I came out of the police service. If I wanted a, a letter typing, I know who I need to speak to. If I wanted... Um, if there was a firearms incident going on I needed I know which, which specialist stuff I needed so I could always rely on specialist people around me yeah. suddenly I'm in a business and I'm by myself yeah. you know yeah. so I'm everything I'm like the marketing guru yeah. I'm the sales guru yeah. I'm the deliverer the operational leader I'm everything yeah. and for two years I struggled along doing this and now I realise that no I need to find people around me yeah. who Who are better at something than I am? To them, do that, you know. So I've now got myself a a small team. I've got a a VA and my partner. She does a lot of graphics, and so she does a lot of that kind of stuff, which focuses allows me to focus on what I do best. Um, You know, and in terms of, I I have a dream. I have a dream for my event, Ignite Your Potential. It's in its second year. It went from 70 on the first year to 200 in a football stadium on the second year. In, uh, in six months time, it'll be the third year and I want 400 people in the room. I have a dream yeah. to have 10,000 people in a stadium, in my home city of Derby, putting my city on the map, but also sending something out from the UK to the rest of the world that is so pure, so vitalizing, so energizing, so beautiful to really change the world. I have a mission statement that uh, a lot of people won't get, but I literally want to change the world. I want to change the world through the transformation of how people think. And it's that statement that gets me out of bed every single morning.
1: And what a great statement that is. And you know, changing the world is something that we should all be passionate about. And you you want to do that, and your events. And look, you did 20 20 years, how many years in the police force was it? 32 32 years. And you've come out of that, and you've now started a business, with no real experience in business and you've done really well. And I'm so confident you've heard it here, that you will get the 10,000 oh, so and uh, we'll be there to join you. Yeah. So uh, look, you've done fantastic. I-, I liked your journey. I want to get you on because of your experience and how you know, the, spirit- the spiritual side is really important in business as well. Getting the mindset. And
0: the sad thing is not many people get it.
1: No, not they don't get it. They don't get it. You- you've got to do both because when you have a tough situation in business or in life, it's your spirituality that gets you through that.
0: You know they say, don't they? Mind, body, and spirit. We yeah. see this phrase all the place, all over the place. Don't we? Mind, body, spirit. And it's easy to say it. You know, in Punjabi, there's a yeah. phrase. It's easy to say, but hard to do. That's right. You know, and yeah. uh, it's easy to say mind, body, and spirit. It's very hard to practice. Yeah. But these are the three elements in your life that you have to feed on a daily basis, yeah. every single day. You have to feed your mind, and part of that is about. You know, what kind of thoughts are you having? Are you framing your thoughts in the right way? Who are you hanging around with? Who's impacting on your thoughts? All of that kind of stuff, your mindset. The second thing is about your body. What are you feeding your body? Are you feeding your body the right kind of stuff? If you had a top-of-the-range uh, BMW or, or a Mercedes or something yeah. like that, are you going to put very cheap, dirty oil in there or are you going to put good quality oil in there? The car is only as good as the oil that, it, uh, that you feed it. And your body is a, is a vehicle. Your body is only as good as the stuff that you put inside it. And the second aspect of your body is that you've got to move your body. We were designed to move. We were not designed sitting on chairs. Chairs did not exist when we, were, when we were created. We were created to walk around, to move our bodies, move our limbs. And the more we do that throughout our lives, the healthier and fitter we will be. And it will impact on our mindset. And finally, spirituality. Meditate, pray, find stillness, go for walks. Whatever it is for you, do that because that inner strength Is so incredibly powerful. So, mind, body, spirit, that's what it means for me.
1: Yeah, thank you, Michelle. Have you got any morning rituals that you could share, you know, just to get people in that state of mind, you know, every day? Do you do anything? Yeah, I
0: I have several morning routines. And and by the way, I wrote a book called Smash the Habit. And Smash the Habit is just saying to people, describing to people my journey. So, you know, up until 14 years ago, I was smoking, I was on 20 cigarettes a day. I'd been on 20 cigarettes a day since I was the age of 16. I was drinking every single day. I was a whiskey connoisseur. I was a typical Punjabi whiskey connoisseur. I was drinking at least four pints every night. I was eating meat. I was eating. In fact, I'd eat dirty kebabs. I'd eat all of that kind of stuff, you know, big steaks, huge steaks, all this kind of stuff. And I had this awareness all of a sudden. And you know what? Overnight, I gave up everything. I gave up drinking. I gave up meat. I gave up uh, um, uh, smoking all of it overnight and I wrote a book called Smash the Habit and I keep practicing on myself this art of smashing habits. So like four years ago, I gave up coffee and I gave up tea overnight. Three years ago, I gave up milk overnight. I only drink almond milk now. I gave up fruit juices. I've given up, in fact, I've such a boring life, honestly, but this is all about routine. So routines are so very important. So when you create habits in your life, Those habits, if you call them habits, they'll seem so big. If you just call them routines, you know routines can be shifted. That's all they are. They're only routines that you've created. So I have created a whole load of new routines. So every time I've broken a bad one, I've just created a new one. So now, for example, one of my morning routines uh, um, is that um, when I wake up, one of the first things I do is make the bed. It's one thing I've always done since the age of 16. I make the bed and make it perfect. Uh, I have been known when my other half is still in bed to
1: make the bed still. You know what, it's crazy, I do the same. Yeah. That was crazy, just, oh, my, <laughs> my bed's I like could show home. Yeah, People yeah. People can't believe it, because you do it all the time, yeah. Used to, yeah, no, so yeah. yeah. So it's automatic, so I make crazy. the bed,
0: and that's part of the discipline that you right, create. Yeah. And then I go downstairs, I get our vitamins ready, I get, uh, uh, we have a number of vitamins that we have every single day, we drink aloe vera, pure aloe vera every single day, that's about the body side of things. Um, Sorry, when I get out of bed, I'll say thank you. Yeah. I'll say thank you. I'm awake. Yeah. I've had a good night's sleep. I've got this house over my head, and I just send out this gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah, yeah. gratitude that's your mind. Yeah. Your body is the nutrients that you're pouring into it, and then your spirituality. When everyone's gone to work, as I work from home, I can yeah. sit in my chair and I'll meditate for twenty minutes. Meditate for twenty minutes, just find stillness, yeah. and then I go to the gym. Yeah. I, and I've set my gym up in the in the garage now. Yeah, yeah. So I go to the gym. I have 40 minutes in the gym. So mind, body, and spirit is done, dusted. Yeah. And then all I need to do is focus on my work. But you know what it's like. Yeah. Well, you know when you've done all of that, yeah. you go into work. You feel vitalized. You feel great. And you're at top of your game, aren't you? You yeah. feel happy. You feel energized. You can do so many things. Yeah. So that's so important for me.
1: And you've achieved them goals already. And, the, and these goals you can do every day. You know, it's not like you got to do this. You got to get a sale on. Getting up ready. Getting doing some exercise, having some vitamins, they're easy, but they're small achievements.
0: Yeah, you know, people when they talk about goals, they just look at the big goal. Yeah, yeah, and I say, look at the big goal, absolutely, you've got your big goal. My big goal is in five years time, I want to be uh, financially free enough for me and my, my, my other half to be able to go around the world for 50% of our times for free. Uh, uh, Taking the event, ignite your potential and taking it to underprivileged communities who've never had access to personal development because we want to ignite the way people think and I want to hold that event. That's my five year goal. That's not what I'm doing every single day. But what I need to do to make it much more manageable because if I just thought about that, it's overwhelming. You know, it's like this is too big for me. So you have to break it down. You have to break that, that, that goal into tiny little management, ma- manageable goals, like you've said. Yes. So now I've managed this routine, the morning routine. I do that without thinking about it. And it starts off with, the, there's an old model about, we do things that we're incompetent at, but we don't even, because they're routines, we don't even know we're in, uh, incompetent at. So you're unconsciously incompetent. The first step of awareness is to understand that you're incompetent. So you become consciously incompetent. And that is a painful step. And so, oh, oh my God, I've just realised I've got all these weaknesses. Yeah. The next step is to try and change your behaviour, so you become consciously competent. So you're doing the right things, but now you have to think about it. But if you do that for often enough, and they say between 20 and 30 times, then you become unconsciously competent. And all that's happened with me is I've done this routine, the morning routine, so many times now. Yeah. I'm unconsciously competent, so I do it without thinking now. I make my bed without thinking about it now. I do my meditation without thinking. I go to the gym without thinking. It's all of this kind of stuff. So you, any one of us can shift our behavior, shift our action, shift our life in, in a matter of days.
1: Yeah, that's no, great. And because you're so used to doing them, if you don't do them, you feel uncomfortable. And that's the flip side of not doing something. So yeah, so just get out, create yourself a routine. You know, it t- takes a while, but once you crack it, it's like driving a car. Once you pass your test, you can drive forever right 100%. exactly so it's really important Look, we've had you for quite a while now so you know I'm, I know you're conscious of time um, you've got another event happening tomorrow you've got to set that up and oh, you've yes. got hundreds of people coming so it's really exciting times for you and I'm glad you've come to share that with us so this podcast is about uh, business mentoring so I had this time now to shout at anyone that's influenced you now it could be anybody It could be a book it could be um, someone you've had some information from but is there any mentors that you want to give a shout out that have helped you on your journey
0: the, do you know what I could? we could spend another hour doing yeah. that uh, you know when people say uh, who inspires you it's very easy to pick a, some famous celebrity yeah. and say yeah this is the person that inspired me for me it was my granddad. Uh, my granddad inspired me so much you know he came from India uh, in the early 60s he came with nothing yeah. literally nothing and so many other um, uh, people were exactly in that same position and I admire that generation yeah. so much I don't know how they did it but they came to a country where they couldn't speak the language they came with just a few pounds in their pocket yeah. and they created what we now are benefiting from right here yeah. and back in India, my, my granddad came from very very poor um, beginnings but he created he, he acquired so much land in India yeah. that we were able to then sell so, that we have bank accounts in India. So, when I go to India, it's not like going yeah. to a village. It's like you, you've got a bank account, you can ex- enjoy yourself, which is what he wanted for his grandchildren. And I admired his humility and his work ethic and the fact that he took action. You know, he took action to do something that so many of us would recognize is so difficult. And yet, we don't even take action that's like a quarter of that difficulty. But he took that. And, you know, i have been inspired by so many, I'm also inspired by some very famous people. My own personal mentor is John C. Maxwell, the number one leadership guru in the world. Yeah. I love everything that he has to do, and he comes from a very spiritual uh, place, and Wayne Dyer and Robin Sharma, yeah. these are like my big heroes in my life, you know? Um, and I've taken elements from people like Tony Robin and Les Brown, my, my, my real heroes, I guess, are the Les Browns and the Robin Sharmas of the world, because of their spiritual perspective on life. And there are so many books, you know, I have a whole library of books and you'll recognise some yeah. of these books, you know, um, things like uh, How to Grow Rich, Think and Grow Rich, uh, yeah. uh, Intentional Living by John C. Maxwell, um, oh goodness, there's, there's still no. so many, I, I can't even think of them off my, my top of my head.
1: And you're right, and, you know, Charlotte, your Grandad, we've had similar kind of background and my granddad was in the army and he passed away, I think it was a couple of years ago and it was the British army came down to give them a, you know, like a, a last salute kind of thing. Wow. And that was, they came out the their way to do that. And we forget them stories. And one of the reasons for this podcast was because I look back and I thought, what if my great granddad had recorded something like this and I'm giving it to my grandchildren? Yeah. And they're listening to the story or we came and this is what happened. So sharing information is so important. Awesome. And we forget that. And now we've got the, the opportunity to do that we should do it and this podcast is reaching 47 countries and I'm so blessed and if I could change one person's life I'm happy with that's that. that's what
0: it's all about you know we're going to change the world one person at a yeah. time yeah. if we can change a hundred or thousand or a million at a time that's cool. that's cool but if it's one person then we've done something right yeah we all quite do our bit
1: look I want to thank you Cole for joining me thank you so much look if you've got any questions you can reach me at podcast. Um, email me will get my facebook and um, instagram cool where can they find you um,
0: so you can find me on my website which is www.kulmahay i'll spell that k-u-l-m-a-h-a-y.com oh great stuff
1: and if you don't get any of that the show notes will be produced so all this information will be there so you could print it off you could read it and listen to it thank you for listening i really appreciate that i'll see you on the next episode have a great day